around 3,000 years ago, Israel found themselves at a very dark mountain. At the base of that mountain, they felt the earth start to shake beneath them. They started feeling an earthquake. They started feeling a rumbling. They started hearing thunder and lightning and flashes. And they saw fire came down on the mountain. All the children ran to their parents and grabbed their parents and, 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 and fear. Everyone, including Moses, was struck with fear. And then they heard it. One of the most terrifying things they've ever heard. The voice of a completely holy and pure and set apart God speaking into the earth realm from the mountain. But not only that, speaking to a people that up to this point has been completely lawless and full of sin. For we know as 1 John 3 verse 4 says that sin is a transgression of the law. And at that point, most of them had no law. They were lawless and they had no sense of direction. And in light of that nature that they found themselves in, the voice of this holy God deeply scared them. It actually scared them so much that they went and they say, Moses, you know, you, 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 you talk to God, you get up there because we're too afraid. We don't want to speak to this holy God because we don't feel worthy. We don't feel like we, we can meet him there. We're, we're afraid that his holiness will absolutely destroy us. And in that moment, in that act, when God tried to draw near to Israel, Israel pushed God aside and said, Moses, you speak to God. Israel rejected the spirit of God. But nevertheless, God continued pursuing Israel and he gave them the commandments through Moses as they desired. And as God started teaching them this, there was a problem. And God knew this, and this was all pre-planned. Even though God wanted to give them His Spirit, He gave them only the law, the truth. Without the Spirit, to show us today something very important. That truth without Spirit is meaningless. There's no way it can be accomplished. And right after He gave the commandments, we see them building a golden calf. If a chapter or two later, we see Israel come together and they, they melt this calf and, they, and Aaron proclaims, Israel, let this be a feast unto Yahweh. And in their lawlessness, their lawlessness, they took them too far yet again. And yet again, they found themselves defying God and saying, God, we have our own idea of how to worship you. And we want to worship you by the way that we used to worship, the, how the Egyptians used to worship in Egypt. And God was deeply distressed by this and and it, and it caused an, an, a consequence of 3,000 men being killed in that day. Because we know that sin always has a consequence. Lawlessness always has a consequence. And that was the consequence of the day. And then we see God do something new, something different. About 1,400 years later, we see on Mount Zion an assembly yet again. You know, right after Yeshua left, he says, he told his disciples, guys, listen, it's good that I go because I'm, it means if I go that I can send a Holy Spirit. And see, when he said that, everyone's eyes went big 
because I realized that what God was trying to give in the beginning, Yeshua now promised them in that day. Where now it's not only going to be the person of God in the form of Yeshua, Jesus, but that the Spirit of God is going to descend upon all people where everyone, regardless of whether Yeshua was in their presence or not, everyone will be able to fall on their knees in their secret place and encounter the Creator of heaven and earth. And so yet again, when they entered that place, there was a rumbling. There was, there was a wind that entered the temple. There was fire, tongues of fire that descended upon all the people. And everyone spoke in tongues where every man could hear and understand the other, even though they were speaking and not in their native born languages. It was a great miracle and many were struck with a and excitement instead of the fear that they, they were struck with at Mount Sinai. Now we have them being struck with an excitement. Eh? And it actually says in the scriptures that and they came together to see what's going on. And as they came together and to hear and, and then there were many who were who said, this is amazing. This must be God. This is a miracle. But there's all there were also many who said these men must be drunk. Have they drunk? And Peter got up there and he said, guys, listen to me. These men are not drunk. Can't you see what time of day it is? We are not drinking today. Haven't you read your prophet Joel, what he told you? Are you being struck with the same unbelief that your ancestors were? Because now yet again, God wants to descend his spirit upon you, wants to pour out his spirit upon you. But now yet again, you are reject. You're trying to reject it by calling these men drunk. And I'm telling you, stop calling them drunk. If you want the spirit, humble yourself, get on your face and listen to what the prophet Joel said. And this is what he said. And it shall be in the last days, says God, that I shall pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And also on my male servants and my female servants, I shall pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. And I shall show wonders in the earth above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and splendid day of Yahweh. And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of Yahweh shall be saved. And see, Peter says, guys, listen, what is happening here today is not something that should surprise you. What is happening here has been prophesied in the very scriptures that you say you uphold. And and, and brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you today that we have the same problem. There's many who's come in, who's had their Mount Sinai experience. Who's come to the understanding of the truth, understand that there are commandments that God has given us to keep. But in that way, they have said, you know, God, I don't want your spirit because it's weird. I don't want your miracles because it doesn't sit right with me. I don't want to speak in tongues because I don't feel like it. Because these men are drunk and they look drunk and I don't want to look drunk, God. That's what many are even saying today. And God, even because in his in the way that he does things, the supernatural way that he does things, the way he walks on water like Yeshua did, and it struck fear in his disciples. It doesn't sit well with us. But God is saying, you know what? I am a supernatural God. I am a spirit. I'm not like you. My ways are above yours. And if you want to walk as my son, you're going to need to walk in a place that looks weird to the world, a place that's going to feel weird to you many times because it's I'm a supernatural God. I'm not of this world. 
And if you want to walk as my son, you better get on board. You see, brothers and sisters, Shavuot, this feast that I'm talking about, I'm going to talk about in this video. It's the, one of the most important festivals that we found ourselves in. Because we have the full, the four feast, the spring feast, and we have the three full feasts. The spring feast, all have them have been fulfilled to the T leading up to Shavuot. See, we have Yeshua, our Passover lamb, who dies on Passover. On the day when Passover was being celebrated 2,000 years ago, Yeshua was slain as the Passover lamb. And then he was put in the grave on the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. He was raised on the Feast of First Fruits to the day. And then, 50 days later, after counting the Omer, after that big countdown where the disciples were, were, where Yeshua told them, go and wait for the gift, for the Holy Spirit. They were counting down the days for the outpouring of that spirit of God. Just like the, the instruction of counting the Omer given to us way back in the Torah. And so to the day we have in Pentecost or Shavuot, where the Holy Spirit was poured out on the men. And now see, that's where God has left us. Right now we're in that era, that place where his spirit has been poured out. That place of Shavuot where now he, the last words of Yeshua before he left was, Go out to the world and proclaim the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on and he talks about these signs that will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will raise the dead. They will, they will heal the sick. They will drink any deadly poison. It will not hurt them. And so on. They will speak in new tongues. And see all these things Yeshua said. These are the signs that must follow those who believe. And that's the great commission he has left us with. And that is what this feast is all about. Because now, guess, get this, guys. The remaining three feasts remain unfulfilled. The Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, as well as Sukkot, the Wedding Supper of the Lamb. You see, the Day of Trumpets, a day when a great trumpet will blow, just like we read in Revelation. The Day of Atonement, when everyone will be judged. And the Day of Sukkot, when we all have our marriage with the Bridegroom. But see, everything now, between now and those remaining three feasts that are unfulfilled, it all rests on the Feast of Pentecost. And so now, this is why you need to listen, brother and sister. Because the following years, and there's not many years left, the following years is resting on you. And whether you fulfill and continue to fulfill this feast in your life. And so I want to tell you a story, a story which you may have heard before. But I want to tell it to you today differently yet again. I want to show you something deeper in the story of Rebecca, Isaac, Eliezer, and Abraham. You see, Abraham, he, came, he called his servant, Eliezer, and he said, Eliezer, listen, my son Isaac, he needs a bride. And I'm going to send you, Eliezer, to a place far away to find a bride for him. But, but, but Eliezer, you need to make a vow. You mean you need to put, I'm going to, I want you to make a vow that you're going to find myself a bride. And you're not going to take my son to that place. But you're going to bring the bride to his place. This place here where we're at. Too. But I want this bride to be someone who is equally yoked. Someone of his own people. And Eliezer, he makes this vow and he goes off. 
And as he goes off, he, he, as he leaves, he, he loads his 10 camels with gifts for, for, for this bride that he needs to find. And see, so he gets on the camel and he leaves with his men and he goes to this place of his people. And he sees this well. And as he sees the well, he sees all these women gathered. And, his, and he's struck with a, an uncertainty and doubt. And he's like, oh God, how will I get a, a bride for my master Isaac? There's some, how, what is the sign? And, and he says, oh, but you know what I'm going to do? And he says, God, okay, God, I, I'm going to... I'm going to, I want you to show me a sign. And the sign must be that the one, the bride of my master is the one, the woman who's going to come and water every single one of my camels. And the scriptures say that even as he was saying that Rebecca appeared and he says, can I have some water? And she says, Oh, of course, sir. And she comes to this complete stranger and she gets some water. But not only that, she says, sir, I see you have camels. Can I not water your camels for you? (laughs) And the scriptures say humorously, as Eliezer saw this happen, that he thought he was waiting on God to tell him what to do next. Kind of funny because God already told him what this, that he already knew what the sign would be. But nevertheless, as he was watching this, probably with his mouth hanging open of how this woman is watering every single camel. Because you need to understand, brother and sister, that watering a camel takes a whole day, never mind 10. So she's watering these 10 camels, which take, it's like they drink water and she gets more water and they drink more water because camels drink liters upon liters of water. And so Eliezer comes to Rebecca and he says, Rebecca, listen, listen, I, I brought you up. Here's gifts here. And, and he takes a, 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 a armband. He gets an armband and he, he gives her a nose ring and he, and he adorns her in jewel in the jewels of his master. And he goes to her father's home and to their family. And he says the following. He says, this is what happened, guys. And he tells them the whole story. And then he says, now she needs to leave with me to, the, to my master Isaac. To, so I can present her to my master. And see, the family says, oh, but okay, but, but can she not just spend 10 days with us? And he says, no, 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 no. She has to leave right now. Now, brother and sister, I want to show you something in this story that you need to see. Because this is not just a beautiful love story. There's something much, much deeper. You see, what if Abraham represents God? What if Eliezer represents the Holy Spirit of God? And what if Isaac represents Yeshua and Rebecca, his bride? You see, God appointed a Holy Spirit, his Holy Ruach HaKodesh, Spirit of God, to, and he sent his Spirit to the world to find a bride for his son, Yeshua Jesus. You see, his, the Spirit, you see, like Eliezer got on those 10 camels, the Spirit of God, will travel on 10 too. And what if those 10 camels represent the 10 commandments of God? Because see, the Spirit of God rests and travels on the truth, the Word, the commandments. Just like in Genesis when the Spirit was hovering over the water. And the same way, waiting for the Word. Today, the Spirit hovers over the water. He hovers he, and he, he travels on the truth. 
And if the truth doesn't go forth, the spirit is not there. And so see the spirit traveled on those 10 camels, those 10 commandments. Like Eliezer traveled the servant. And see, he, he looked at these people gathering around in the well. And brother, I want to ask you, who's the water? Yeshua said, drink of me and you'll never go thirsty again. So we know Yeshua's at water with, so there's these people, this bride, these people who are peering around the well, thirsty, looking for something, looking for Yeshua. I see the Holy Spirit, Eliezer, he comes and he sees the people and he asks God for a sign, just like Holy Spirit. Eliezer asked God, God, the one who waters all the camels. And so see, this is the sign of the bride. The one who waters every single one of the commandments of God. The one who comes and says, Father, I'm going to be obedient to your instructions. I'm going to, I want your son, but I don't only want to drink of your son. I want to actually walk as he walked in obedience. I want to ride on what he rid on. I want to ride on the, on the heights of his commandments. Because if I ride on the heights of his commandments, I'm going to ride on the heights of the nations. As prophesied in Isaiah. And see, then we see now the following happen. We see that she, she's adorned. You know, these gifts that were loaded with these commandments, these camels. It's the gifts of the Spirit. The Spirit comes, the servant, and the Azer came and presented these gifts to Rebecca, adorned her in these gifts, the gifts of the Spirit that comes upon her when the Spirit meets the bride. When the Spirit meets the bride, there's this outpouring of the gifts. But see, now the bride must walk in these gifts. The bride must come and adorn herself in these gifts. She can come and she can say, you know what, I'm going to take off. I don't want these. I don't want these jewelry. I don't want this, these gifts. I don't want the stuff that came on these camels. And in that action, you know what, in ancient times, if, they, if she would have done that, if she would have said, no, I don't want this, it would be like rejecting the one it came from. And see, that's what many of us have done. We have taken, we've said, oh, well, I want to, I want, I want a little bit of Yeshua. I want to have a drink of him, but I don't want the gifts that he has. And by rejecting the spiritual gifts that he has for us, we have indirectly rejected him, the one it came from, and rejected the spirit. And we see fellowships who are spiritless and empty with no power, a form of religiousness, but lacking and denying the power of God. And then we see what happened next is Rebecca and the servant, the servant Eliezer, they went to Rebecca's home to her parents. And I'll get this, guys, what the parents said. Oh, this is good. This is God. We let, let us not stand in the way. But let Rebecca just stay 10 more days with us. Let Rebecca just, we just want 10 days of her and she can leave. And guess what Eliezer said? No. Right now she has to leave. She, if she's to come and be the bride of my master. You see, brother and sister, those 10 days represent the 10 more little counterfeit things that we want to do of this world. We don't want the 10 commandments on the camels. We want to rather choose the 10 more days with our family, with the world, with the things of the world, with the things that we want, with the things that want to satisfy us. Instead of saying, God, I don't care right now. I'm picking up my cross. I'm following you. I'm leaving everything behind, including my family, even if it's necessary. I'm going to leave everything to follow you. And see, we had the 10 days or the 10 commandments. And Rebecca, the bride, 
chose the Ten Commandments and she chose those camels and she got on the camels. And as she got on those camels, she approached, this is the best part of the story, she approached Isaac and she saw Isaac in the distance and went and the scripture says that she veiled herself, she covered herself. And that's representational of saying, I am going, I'm covering myself me as the bride, I'm covering myself with you, Isaac. I want you to be my covering. Just like that in the scriptures, as, as we read about how that we have, the, we have the bride and we have her husband over her. And then we have Yeshua and then we have God. The order, the structure of the household. And in the same way, in that moment, this is all a picture, of course, of the body of Christ, the bride. Then Christ, the husband. And then God. And so this picture where she as the bride is saying, I choose to cover myself with God. I choose to cover myself with my husband, the bridegroom, with Yeshua. But now what this means is she's actually saying, I choose not to have a someone between us, a mediator. I don't want a Moses. I don't want a, a, a someone between me and God. I, as the bride, I want all of God. I don't want anyone. I don't want to go through anyone anymore. I don't want to, I want to have a drink of Yeshua. I don't want to just have a drink of Him. I want His Spirit. I want an outpouring of His Spirit. I want the gifts that He's going to give me with His Spirit. I want repentance. I want to be clean. I want to be adorned for my husband. And see, then she came and she says, and now I don't want anyone. I want him to be my covering directly, my king above me. And see, brother and sister, this is what God is calling us to in this season. He's saying, I want that direct relationship with you. I'm tired of the priests and the pastors who are ruling over you. I want to come and I want to have an intimate, direct relationship with you. I didn't come and send a spirit just to come and let you sit in the church and have a pastor rule over you again. And our brothers and sisters, I'm not talking against pastors and, and teachers. I'm not against that. But what God is against is if we make them our channel to him. You see, he says, I want to come to you directly. Now go into your room and close the door and get on your face like Moses did at the, at the burning bush. Take off your shoes, adorn yourself, be clean, come clean before me so I can have intimacy with you. And see, brothers and sisters, we have Mount Sinai. We had the giving of the commandments. We had Mount Zion. We had the giving of the spur there 1,200 years later. And God says today, in this age, I'm calling it all together. I don't want you to just have your Mount Sinai experience. I don't want you to just have your spirit experience on Mount Zion with not bringing the spirit. I want you to have everything. Because that's how my son Yeshua walked. You see, he walked in complete obedience to the commandments of his father. He didn't come to abolish it, he came to fulfill it. He came to walk it out. And then he said, now walk as I walk if you say that you abide in me. And then he walked in the gifts of the Spirit. He walked in love and kindness and sacrifice. All only being enabled by the Spirit. You can't even keep the commandments by the Spirit. And he knew that very well. That's why he opposed the Pharisees who rejected the Spirit. And so now, and then he says, now walk as I walk if you want to abide in me. 
And so now I'm calling you today, Brian. God is calling you. This is the message you need to get. You need to understand that if you say that you abide in him and you're not walking exactly as he walked and you're making up excuses, theological arguments of why you don't do this, why you don't do that of this part of Yeshua's walk. Oh, Yeshua was a Jew. Oh, those gifts have ceased. Oh, those commandments aren't for me anymore. Oh, whatever excuse you want to make. God is saying no more of that. I am calling a bride equally yoked with me who is going to walk as I walk. And if you don't walk, as I walk and if you don't enter my culture God's culture you're not my bride because a bride will be covered by her husband she will come under her husband and say I want to be covered by you who is your God because I want your God to be my God just like Ruth told Boaz just like Ruth told Naomi Naomi I want your God to be my God. I'm a Gentile far off. I have a, a wicked pagan culture. I'm coming out of a Greek culture. I come out of Roman culture. I come out of whatever culture you come out of. God is saying, I don't care about your culture. If you want to be with me, you're going to adapt my culture. You're going to walk as I walk in complete obedience to that. And if you don't walk as that, you will know, have no part in me. And I will say, depart from me. I never knew you, you worker of lawlessness. You who say that I love you, God of oh, Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, I want to do all these things. But you don't go and simply do it. You see, brother and sister, God is saying, I am not fooled by your religious works. I am not fooled by your false love. Because what use is it for us to feed the orphan and the widow too, but they not walk as he walked in all the other areas of it? Because anyone, an atheist, can feed the orphan and the widow. Or if we keep his instructions, we keep his commandments, but we don't feed the orphan, the widow. What are we kidding ourselves? You see, brother, sister, we, we think we do this thing where we compartmentalize Yeshua into all these little things. And we, we pick and choose the part of him that we want to do and the part of him that we like. And the part of him that feels a little bit too much like this or that, we don't want it anymore. Because the church fathers say otherwise. Or because whatever happened. Because my church didn't tell me to teach me that. You see, God is saying, I'm taking away all the, on the day of judgment. There's going to come a day where you're going to stand with me as an individual. There's going to be no one else beside you. And I'm going to look you in the eyes and I'm going to say that you walk exactly as my son and do everything that you try to learn how to do that. Or did you go and listen to a simple pastor who had no idea what he was talking about? And if you go and say, God, you know, I didn't know because my pastor told me God is going to say, I'm sorry, but you had the same Bible that everyone else had. You had the same word of my bride. You see, brothers and sisters, there were many women at that well where Rebecca was at. There were many women taking a sip of Yeshua, but she was the only one chosen because she was the one who watered every single camel. Will you be the bride that waters every single camel of God? Will you be the one who, who walks in the spirit and who, who follows the spirit back to the bridegroom? Because see, if you're not willing to get on those camels, on those Ten Commandments and the rest that follows it, by the way, you can't keep the Ten unless you understand the Torah that describes the Ten. So if you don't keep the Torah, you don't keep instructions and you say, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be a bit, I don't want to walk in love. I don't want to whatever. You're not getting on those camels and you're not going to see the master. 
You're not going to see, you're not going to have his covering. You're always going to have someone else rule over you. You're always going to have some religious leader telling you what to do. God is saying, I'm breaking all that down. I'm breaking down the wall of partition. And I want to be with you. So bride, when are you coming to me? Because see, brother, sister, there's many who are called. There's few who are chosen. And those who are chosen are those who water the camels. It's as simple as that. So will you be the one that waters his camels? Or will you be the one that says, God, I'll water, I'll, I'll water the one, but two, ten is a bit too much. It's a bit too much water to carry with me. And see, brothers and sisters, you need to understand that when, you know, in the, in the ancient Hebrew wedding, how it happened is if when, when the bride and the bridegroom was about to get married, you know, as everything is ready after their betrothal, there was a blast of a trumpet that happened. The blowing of a trumpet. And see, the next time that this whole earth is going to hear the blowing of a trumpet, it's not going to be on Mount Sinai. It's not going to be on Mount Zion. It's going to be everywhere. And it's going to be the great announcement of the bridegroom who's back for his bride. And the moment that that trumpet blows and pierces the air, it's all going to be over. There's no more time. It's done. You see, my sister, this little life we have, this little bit of time we have, is all we have to get adorned for our husband. And don't tell me that, Petey, you're too harsh. Because all that I'm talking about in this teaching is walking as he walked. And I'm telling you that your Bible says the same. Go search it out and stop listening to simple words of a pastor. You see, my sister, that trumpet is going to blow and it's going to be all over. In a second. In one moment. So Father, Lord Yahweh God, we just come before you, Father. Lord, Lord, we ask God, we ask God, and you ask, Lord, we want to be your bride, Father. Lord, as your spirit comes to the well where we're waiting, we ask, Father, that you would come and let us be satisfied with you. Father, adorn us in your gifts. Adorn us in everything we need to proclaim the gospel to every creature. Father, help us, Father, to get on your and walk and ride your commandments all the way to the day that we meet you yet again, Father. Lord Yahweh, I pray, God, that you would come and, Father, cover us, Lord. Let us not be covered by anything else but you. Let us go directly to you, Father. Lord, thank you for opening the door of separation, Lord, where we can come into your presence anywhere, anytime we are, Father, no matter who we are. God, I pray, Lord, that you would come and, and, and minister to our hearts everything that needs to happen to get us in alignment with your bridegroom, Lord, with, with, with Yeshua, Father. Lord, I thank you, Father, for your goodness and kindness and your grace and mercy. Lord, I thank you that when we stumble and fall and when we are, when, where we are imperfect, that you pick us up, Lord. And like you say in the book of John, that, that if we fall, that you, there is grace for us at the feet of the cross, Lord. That there is grace for us in the sacrifice of what you have done for us. But Father, let us not abuse that, Lord, for our lawlessness, but let us uphold it for our reason of walking as you. We pray all this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. If you want me to continue making these videos and even more of these, as I transition into full-time ministry, you can support me by going to riseonfire.com slash partner. And uh, you can back the ministry and allow us to, to reach more and do this more often to edify the body of Christ. Thank you so much for watching. and I'll see you guys in the next video.